age-old struggle between the Vatican and Jerusalem came to light over the past few weeks. Editorials and articles began to highlight the completely different positions of the Vatican to the evangelical Christian community when it came to Jerusalem and to Israel. It was the Catholic publication Crux under the headline, Why Vatican Won't Be Joining U.S. on Jerusalem's Embassy Row, that stated the following. Among several controversial aspects of Monday's transfer of the U.S. Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem was the presence at the dedication ceremony of two high-profile American evangelical pastors, John Hagee, founder of Christians United for Israel, and Robert Jeffress, a Dallas-based Southern Baptist and major Trump supporter. Now, the article stated, in contrast to this, the absence of any Catholic presence. It said, notably, however, there was no Catholic dignitaries on Monday's lineup, no American Catholic leaders, no members of the local Christian community in the Holy Land, and certainly not Archbishop Leopoldo Gorelli, the Pope's ambassador to Israel, whose embassy remains firmly ensconced in Tel Aviv. No Catholic gave a blessing, and no prominent Catholic figures were heard endorsing the move. While the article pointed out not only were no Catholic officials present, but the Pope was amongst the first world leaders to speak out against the embassy move when it was announced in December, when he stated, I wish to make a heartfelt appeal to ensure that everyone is committed to respecting the status quo of the city in accordance with the relevant resolutions of the United Nations. The Vatican has long opposed the Jewish state, let alone the capital in Jerusalem. In 1904, Theodor Herzl sought the Pope's support for a Jewish homeland in Palestine. He received the following reply from Pius X on January 10, 1904 who said, we cannot prevent the Jews from going to Jerusalem, but we could never sanction it. The ground of Jerusalem, if it were not always sacred, has been sanctified by the life of Jesus Christ. As the head of the church, I cannot answer you otherwise. The Jews have not recognized our Lord, therefore we cannot recognize the Jewish people. Now, why would the Catholic Church be hostile to the downtrodden Jewish people in their struggle for a homeland and in their quest to move their capital to Jerusalem? Well, it was the writer Avro Manhattan that answered this in his 1982 book, The Vatican-Washington-Moscow Alliance, where he stated, The Vatican could not and would not tolerate the establishment of an Israel which claimed messianic privileges, or rather messianic uniqueness, and which therefore would compete with the Roman Catholic Church as the center of a future spiritual kingdom. The specter of the creation of such a theocracy has haunted the inner chambers of the Catholic Church from her earliest inception, and it is still a dominant fear, hence her equivocal role in world affairs surrounding the birth and existence of the state of Israel. Such a state was defined as a territorial in entity erected upon racial and religious tenets. Well, now the Vatican fears a resurgent Jewish state because the Jews were God's chosen people, and it erroneously views itself as the replacement of the Jews in God's purpose. Jeremiah clearly states that the covenant God made with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, and their seed would never end. We read in Jeremiah 33, verses 25 to 26, Thus saith the Lord, If my covenant be not with day and night, 
And if I have not appointed the ordinance of heaven and earth, then will I cast away the seed of Jacob and David my servant, so that I will not take any of his seed to be rulers over the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For I will cause their captivity to return and have mercy on them. Well, the Vatican fears this. It sees Israel as competition to its self-appointed role as God's voice on earth. Manhattan went on to state, In Vatican eyes, the millennial yearning for a global Hebrew theocracy represents a deadly threat to the eschatological teachings of the Catholic Church. When translated into concrete political terms, such a view spells not only rivalry, but implacable enmity. End quote. Well, the enmity Manhattan talks about has been in its existence from the beginning of time. It was in the Garden of Eden that God pointed out a hostility that would exist between the kingdom of men and the kingdom of God. When the angel said to the serpent, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis 3 verse 15. Now the church sees itself as the kingdom of God on earth. In fact, the very word Christendom means Christ's kingdom. It was Article 763 of the Catechism of the Church, penned by John Paul II, that it was stated, To fulfill the Father's will, Christ ushered in the kingdom of heaven on earth. The Church is the reign of Christ, already present in mystery. End quote. Well, believing yourself to be the kingdom of God, any entity that might contest for the title is bitterly opposed. The current opposition of the Vatican to the capital of Israel being in Jerusalem is nothing new. Chaim Weizmann discussed Catholic interference to the Jewish state back in the 1920s when he stated, The Catholics have been chiefly responsible for uniting the Muslims and the Christians against us because what the Vatican really wishes to have is something which amounts to power in Palestine. It has been using various Catholic members of the League, such as Spain, Brazil, Italy, Belgium, and France, in order to achieve its objective, and this is really the inner meaning of its attack against us. And this was during discussions with the League of Nations on the future of Palestine that Chaim Weizmann had in 1922. Well, the fact is that the Bible repeatedly speaks of the return of the Jews to the land of Israel as being God's work, a message that has been reiterated by the White House repeatedly over this last year. Isaiah states in Isaiah 11, verses 11 to 12, It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Now, the history of the fulfillment of this is documented by historian Martin Gilbert in his book, From the Ends of the Earth. Yet the church remains defiantly in denial. In 1949, when the state of Israel was proclaimed, the Vatican stated, the modern Israel is not the true heir of biblical Israel, but a secular state. The Holy Land and its sacred sites belong to Christianity, the true Israel. And this was in the Vatican newspaper La Observatoria Romano in May 14, 1948. Well, at a more recent synod on the Middle East held in the Vatican 2010, the head of the Synod Commission, Archbishop Cyril Bustro, stated, 
the Holy Scriptures cannot be used to justify the return of the Jews to Israel and the displacement of the Palestines to justify the occupation of Israel of Palestinian lands. For Christians, one can no longer talk of the promised land or the land promised to the Jewish people. This promise was nullified by Christ. There is no longer a favored people, a chosen people. All men and women of every country have become the chosen people. Well, statements from leading Catholic officials make it clear. Archbishop of Israel, Elias Chaucer, said, We do not believe anymore that the Jews are the chosen people. It was the Coptic Orthodox Pope, Shenouda III, who stated, Do not believe their claim that they are God's chosen people, because it's not true. And also, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, Fautual, said, Israel has nothing to do with the Bible. Well, these statements are reminiscent of another enemy of Israel, a man named Adolf Hitler, who said of the Jews, we are God's people. There cannot be two chosen peoples. So the differences between the White House and the Vatican on the issue of Israel and Jerusalem are not just political, they're deeply religious. Now, the concept of Jerusalem being a city with international status was also raised again over the past few weeks. The previously mentioned Crux article went on to recall a Vatican diplomat speaking before the United Nations reiterated the Holy See's long-standing position that Jerusalem is a unique diplomatic category. Monsignor Simon Cassis, charged de affairs of the Vatican mission to the United Nations, said the Vatican believes Jerusalem needs an internationally guaranteed special status in order to secure freedom of religion for the country's inhabitants, as well as secure free and unhindered access to the holy places by the faithful of all religions and nationalities. Well, the UN partition plan is often referenced in this discussion, However, it is often neglected to be mentioned that it was the Vatican's idea. In 1949, Pope Pius XII, also known as Hitler's Pope, had stated, We have already insisted in our encyclical letter in Multiplicibus that the time has come when Jerusalem and its vicinity, where the previous memorials of the life and death of the Divine Redeemer are preserved, should be accorded and legally guaranteed an international status, which in the present circumstances seems to offer the best and most satisfactory protection for the sacred monuments. And this was a letter Pope Pius XII wrote to the bishops uh, in April 1949. Now the same Catholic article in Crux highlighted the interference of the church in political affairs in the Middle East. It stated, over the years, the Catholic bishops of the Middle East have typically been strongly pro-Palestinian. Most have not so gone so far as the Greek Melikite Archbishop Hilarion Kupusi, who was arrested in 1974 and later convicted by an Israeli court for smuggling guns to the PLO in the trunk of his Mercedes sedan. But many sympathize with Kapusi's aims. Well, the Vatican wants control over Jerusalem for itself. Eventually, it will launch another crusade to wrestle it from Jewish hands, which will be momentarily successful. As you read in Daniel 11, verse 45, he shall plant his tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. And this is obviously a reference to the Russian invasion, but of course, the Vatican will be involved in this. It will... 
however, ultimately fail when he comes to his end. So therefore, America's move of its embassy to Jerusalem is a direct threat to the Vatican as it legitimizes Jerusalem as Israel's capital in the eyes of the world. And there's no doubt that Jerusalem is the seat of Israel's government because God stated it. It was in Psalm 132, verses 11 to 12, that he says, The Lord has sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set up thy throne. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony, that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. For the Lord hath chosen Zion. He has desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. End of quote. So while the current government of Israel is by no means what God has in mind for Israel and Jerusalem, it is the chosen place of his capital. Now the division of Jerusalem is clear. Those who support it tend to be Bible fundamentalists, such as the American evangelistical pastors, John Hagee, founder of Christians United for Israel, and Robert Jeffress, the Dallas-based Southern Baptist. The publication Crux went on to state of Jeffress, for the record, Jeffress once suggested the Catholic Church represents the genius of Satan, and Hagee, over the years, has referred ambiguously to Catholicism as the great whore of Babylon. Well, this is most interesting because it's a reference to the Catholic Church as the harlot of Revelation, mentioned in Revelation 17. Now, this has long been the Protestant view of Catholicism based on identification of the scriptures. We read in Revelation 17, Come hither, and I will show unto you the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Well, this woman has a name that we read in verse 5. Upon her forehead is a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abomination of the earth. And she is a political power who is involved with the politician or the political rulers of the world. As we read in verse 18, And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Well, the Vatican certainly fulfills this role. No other religion has a voice in the United Nations like the Vatican does. No other religious leader has the kings and the rulers of the earth lined up for audiences. She has been a persecutor of the believers, as we read in verse 6. I saw a woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Well, now the Vatican is guilty of this charge with its history during the various inquisitions. She is also a city geographically situated on seven hills. Reading in verse 9, here is wisdom, or here is the mind that hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Well, historically, the Vatican is situated in Rome, which has been identified as the city of seven hills since the dawn of history. So it was fascinating to see a Catholic publication highlight the fact that Protestant Bible believers identify her with the harlot system of revelation. Now, what was equally as fascinating was to see how a Catholic paper identified the influence the Vatican has played in shaping the European view of Israel and Jerusalem. The same article in Crux stated of the UN resolution, Vatican diplomats at the time, in 1948, played a key role in having that language inserted, counting on the support of the Catholic countries of Europe. 
Jerusalem was envisioned as a corporis separatum, a place apart, though the plan was never implemented on the ground. The Vatican has softened its stance over the years, looking for vaguer international guarantees, but still sees the UN resolutions as the de jure starting point, end quote. Well, the fact that the Catholic Church exercised its influence over the kings of the earth when it came to this fundamental issue is quite significant. Indeed, as we read in Revelation 17, verse 2, the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Well, what also was significant this week was the controversy caused by one of Rome's harlot daughters, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, who made a very political statement about the European Union. When he stated, the EU has been the greatest dream realized for human beings since the fall of the Western Roman Empire. It has brought peace, prosperity, compassion for the poor and weak, purpose for the aspirational, and hope for all its people. End quote. Well, the connection between the European Union and the Roman Empire is profound. In prophetic terms, the Christian Roman Empire and its successor, the Holy Roman Empire, are the beast of the earth and the beast of the sea in Revelation 13. The European Union is the beast that is directed by the harlot in Revelation 17, and it is their successor. We read in chapter 17, verse 3, He carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon the scarlet-colored beast, having the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the horns of the beast are identified with the nations who voluntarily come together, giving up their sovereignty to the beast, as we read in verses 12 and 13. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast." Well, now Britain is in the throes of a messy divorce from this great system, as is required by Scripture, even if her politicians would like it to be different. The EU is the successor to the Roman Empire. The feet of Nebuchadnezzar's image and the beast which the Vatican harlot has and will control. This system, championed by the Vatican, will challenge the Lord Jesus Christ for control of Jerusalem and the world when he returns, We read this in Revelation 17, verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So this week has been an exciting week, reminding us of the hand of God at work in the nations, reminding us that we live on the knife edge of the kingdom. God has been at work restoring Israel to the land, restoring Jerusalem to the Jews 51 years ago this week during the Six-Day War, and the nations will rise up in protest and even beat their plowshares into swords. But the Lord will be victorious, and Jerusalem will be the center of world worship once again when the nations will go up to Jerusalem to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whether the world likes it or not. For the Bible in the news, this has been Jonathan Bowen joining you.